sending a Westerner abroad to a local community and fixing their problems is not an optimal solution. Local community are the ones that will know how to fix that problem the, the best, not somebody who is a tourist. But if you give people the right information on how they can help, because every human can help another human, but you just need to know how to help. You are listening to the Startup Playground. Show where I invite entrepreneurs, startup founders, and game changers to talk about their success stories, learn from their mistakes, and hear about their interesting experiences. Welcome back. My name is Elvis, and this is Startup Playground Podcast. On this episode, we're gonna continue upon the topic, me and Eva Kian, the co-founder of NGO Pilot, started last week, which was the complexity of voluntourism and the unregulated market. Hey Eva! Hi Elvis! How are you? I'm good, nice to see you again. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I really enjoyed the, the last topic we started upon and uh, before we move into how we can solve this issue and where does NGO pilot stands on all this, I had had some questions from the listeners. And uh, the first question is about voluntourism. Who is it really helping? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. Who is it really helping? Voluntourism is like you travel abroad to volunteer. So it's, it's helping the volunteer themselves because they get an experience. They learn regardless of how positive that experience is, you will still learn a lot because you are in a different culture than your own usually. So that's like a, for sure that volunteer will get something out of that. And then uh, everyone who's profiting of it, it's helping them because of profit, you know, uh, that the volunteer is paying to go abroad usually. And then in some cases, when the projects are really sustainable, then it can benefit uh, local communities a lot. But the project has to be sustainable. It has to make sense for the local, com local community to have the, the project there, the volunteer project uh, organization. And also to have the influence of the volunteers being there because they also come with a different culture. And there's a lot of do's and don'ts when you go abroad and you have to be really in on that in order to make a positive impact also just by bringing your culture there and to not change a lot of things that the locals are not willing to change. As you've been also in the past doing volunteerism, yeah. maybe you can tell me, because I, I mean, I can imagine what kind of jobs the volunteers does in these kind of countries, mm -hmm. as in sanctuaries and uh, elephant care. What are the jobs that mostly people do in these kind of, you know, yeah. countries? So there's a high demand for volunteering in humanity, like basically working with, uh, with people, children. A lot of volunteer jobs are teaching English, working in schools or with orphanages. I think that's like the top favorite. And then it's with animal welfare, uh, working at sanctuaries that, and like specific jobs like that in, in a sanctuary that could be maintenance work, 
building a bridge, gathering food, making sure everything's intact for the animals to thrive, stuff like that. And it can also be marketing jobs. There's a lot of different, it could be gather trash from the beach if it's like an, an environmental project. So, so a lot of different jobs and the job types them itself will kind of um, tell us a little bit about how sustainable that is if they get volunteers of any type because competencies has a big meaning in what job you do. If you teach English, you should have teaching experience. But then there is a question that after everything that you have described right now, it seems like, you know, it's a free labor which i consider as a charity right right but isn't it like creating this false charity because as we spoke the last episode that we don't really know where the money goes i mean we know but not all of it yeah i don't know if we can call it like false charity but it's definitely written as charity how efficient that charity is that's another thing And then with the false charity of it, um, definitely I would say some projects are false, false NGOs that will tell you that they need your help in order to meet their goal of working under some purpose, but then not actually are moving towards that purpose or more working in a linear direction or whatever, not like developing. Uh, You can't see my hand right now, but I'm going up and down to kind of show development. Um, so that it's not really moving forward. If it's not moving forward, if it's not benefiting the local community, uh, if they are not actually working under the purposes that they say they are, then I would say that it's a false NGO existing for other reasons. And what could be the other reasons that they are existing? Obviously, when there's a lot of money involved, that would be a big motivational factor for some projects but you really have to say some a lot uh, when talking about this because there's not a lot of data on it so you can't say for sure you know yeah okay as we know that you know volunteerism have become a trendy as a getaway because it combines uh, feel and good travel but sending a western abroad uh, to fix a local community crisis slash issues really is the best way to help. So sending a Westerner abroad to a local community and fixing their problems is not an optimal solution. Local community are the ones that will know how to fix that problem the the best, not somebody who is a tourist from Denmark. But if you give people the right information on how they can help, because every human can help another human, but you just need to know how to help. And that's where you need to learn about what's your own expectations. What do you want to get out from it? What is the actual problem of the community? And learn from the locals. Instead of you coming to teach them something, they will teach you how to help them. Or the provider of that travel will tell you how you can help. And first of all, looking at your competencies or um, the time you're able to go abroad. How long are you able to be in a country? So what jobs can you then actually help with? Um, And that's what NGO Pilot wants to do is to get people thinking about how, why is it that they are the right person to do that job and how can they help? At the same time, also kind of knowing how to spot 
ethical projects. We we will present three options for volunteers uh, based on the time that they're available, the competencies they have, the expectations they have, and really talk to them about the mindset of how to do responsible volunteerism so that they they will know what they're what they can expect. Preparation is a big part of this. And I think, you know, I'm happy that I found out that this is the way that I can help in this market. Because before I was recruiting volunteers and I found out, well, if we want to survive and be economically uh, sustainable, we will have to recruit volunteers. And the more you sell that it's a fun thing to do, and the more you sell all of these activities involved in the project, the more likely they will then just jump on a, a plane and go abroad. But then the, the, their influence will might might not be sustainable because you haven't prepared them enough. And the more time you spend on preparing and validating projects and all of that as as an agent and as an agency, and the more cost it will cost. You know, it will cost a lot to make this sustainable for a person going abroad. So right now we are just taking all of that out of the equation and just giving consultancy on how to do sustainable volunteerism. But when are you thinking to move into the second step? Of uh, gathering signatures yes. and going to the UN? Yes. <laughs> that, uh, I'm, I'm too scared to set a deadline for that because it's a huge market to change. It's ba- you're basically asking people to change their behavior and question trusted organizations in Denmark and also companies that have years of credibility. And, uh, and that takes a long time. So I, I don't know when we're going to be able to do that, maybe in a year. Right now, we are trying to reach out to media and uh, other types of um, filming and stuff like that. And social media and getting uh, influencers and a lot of different stuff to kind of get people talk about this. So the actual service, other than research and other than sharing information, we can help volunteers who want to go abroad and meet that that demand by teaching them how to do that responsible and also providing projects that are trustworthy or seems very, very sustainable so that they can choose between those three projects or then have an idea if they feel like, okay, well, now I know how I can actually have an impact. Then I also know what to look for. And that's what we do as a service right now. So I feel like get taking instead of taking money from people wanting to go abroad, we take money from people wanting to learn how to do that in the best way possible with volunteering. And I don't see anybody else doing that in Denmark, actually. So we really hope that the people that want to volunteer abroad, but then are doubting, well, where, where do I start? The people that have questioned this industry, they know that it's a jungle on the internet. Who can I trust? Uh, everybody is competing against each other, right? They want you to go with them. So then we want to say, hey, we're here and we can help you get to the next step of going abroad. But can't you can't you go to like um, UN and propose them as a project that you are from Denmark, uh, you mm-hmm. are building this NGO pilot mm-hmm. that thinks that, you know, gonna yeah. solve that and this. Yes, um, and that was actually the original thought. And that's why we also created a validation method because we were thinking, hey, what we need to do is just to get some like Danish organizations on our side and then go to the UN and say, hey, this is a problem and we can help you fix that. But as it is now, there's no demand for validation. There's no demand for transparent 
volunteerism market. And that's why we are trying to create that demand before the UN will not, I'm not saying might, they might be working on this right now, but before we feel like we will have success in doing that, we need people talking about it. We need the people, the customers to demand change. And then for sure, organizations are going to listen. Are you backed by any institutions currently in Denmark? Or back, Europe back, backed up, like, yeah. you know, supported financially no. or by labor or by extra hands or, you know. No, I mean, I have a, a network of like in the startup industry or whatever here in Denmark. So we get a lot of free help from from startups, companies also. And then uh, we have talked to, we have, uh, and I have a network of uh, also other organizations that focus on responsible volunteerism. One in, in Germany and one in America, a learning service, which is somebody who created a book, a really good book for volunteering abroad. So it's we, we, we definitely, definitely get a lot of uh, sparing or like um, advice from uh, different people and organizations, but we don't have anybody supporting us financially right now. Uh, we are also in the starting phase, so that is understandable. That is something that we will uh, look for in the next six months. So... I really enjoy talking about all this, but in back of my mind, there is this one question that yeah. I want to ask before we end up this beneficial conversation is how is NGO hoping to solve all of this? Because it seems such a huge and massive task to do yeah. that has to be involved. Uh, there has to be many people involved in it. Yeah. So how does NGO hoping to solve all this? I love that you call NGO pilot just NGO, NGO. pilot. <laughs> NGO pilot. <laughs> the short name. <laughs> um, it is a massive task. Absolutely. It's not something we can speed through, whatever it's called. It's probably like a life project. And um, how we're trying to, how we will, we, we don't plan to solve all of it. Absolutely not. But we are planning to get people now talking about it so that in future generations, that industry will look a whole lot different. But it's pushing the market. It's getting people to demand sustainability, just like in other types of industry, like we have with food and in the business sector, uh, companies that are starting to focus on sustainability rather than profit or purpose and profit combined, you know, so that has happened before in other industries, like with the uh, Ökomärkel, this uh, greener solutions to our world's crises, stuff like that. It's the same. We just now do it with volunteerism and that takes a long time. But the first thing is just talking about it, proving people, proving to people that there is a problem and, and letting people know that they can totally be a part of helping that solve that problem. Yeah. This is the second part of our conversation about, you know, volunteerism and um, sustainability and how we can change the world for a better place. But I never asked you this one question. Okay. How did you all started? How did you get invested in all this? Because yeah. listening to you, it sounds you have a huge experience, but I never figured that <laughs> out of why yeah. exactly... You went into volunteerism. Or yeah, volunteerism. it's a good question because um, a little bit of about me. I haven't always thought about sustainability like these uh, that you right. I'm a vegetarian now for the most part, so and or vegan sometimes, and that's something I found within recent years. And volunteerism is just. Um, It come, it's come to me because I went to Cambodia and did my internship there. And I really thought that I could 
totally help because I have a good life in Denmark and there are so many people who don't. That's what you think, right? And of course there are, but you just naturally assume that you can help people who have less of anything than you do. Then coming to Cambodia, I first of all saw that the people that I was living with had a lot more peaceful life in some areas than me. And that made me doubt my own intentions. Was I really wishing to help them or was I wishing to boost my own ego of what, who I wanted to be? And how was it? Then, yeah, I was I was there. I was at an NGO, uh, an elephant sanctuary, and I started to see how there was many volunteers in that town. And I also saw how they actually weren't benefiting the community in the way that they thought they were going to do. And then I was like, it's really nice that people want to work for free. So why is this so ineff inefficient? And also the demand, what it was doing, the demand for volunteer opportunities, what that was doing to that town. It was creating a lot of tourism and changing a lot of things. And it, it was in the jungle. And it was, it made me see it as something that was really inefficient. And I never thought of, of volunteerism in general, that that could be inefficient because, hey, it's somebody working for free. You don't have to pay. So that's a great resource. You're a good-hearted person, Eva. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I got interested in that it was so inefficient in Denmark. It's such a big part of the Danish culture to volunteer. A lot of our society is built up around volunteers in Denmark, and so it just, it made me look at it in a whole different light, and it's starting to interest me a lot. I think when something is supposed to be about morals and passion and love and care and stuff like that just like volunteerism is about and giving it just bugs me that it's been taken advantage of and can do harm and is inefficient and is making a lot of money and also that nobody's responsible for anything i think mostly it's just an irritation and i feel like well i think i can help a little bit with that There's a saying, do good and you're gonna get good in return. Yeah. And with this, I would love to ask you, mm -hmm. since this being very beneficial to Siri episode, where and how people can find you and basically read about NGO Pilot, read yeah. about your intentions towards better world. Yeah. Um, on Facebook, we're called NGO Space pilot so NGO pilot you can search for that on Facebook you'll find our Facebook page and we're making a new one soon but it's there and then on Instagram you can find me Eva Kian and our website is ngopilot.org and you're welcome to write me with any questions you have I will thank you Eva for this lovely beneficial talk mm -hmm. about uh, volunteerism and um, unregulated market and how we as a citizens and how NGO Pilot is hoping to solve all this together with a lot of other institutions. Yes, together with a lot of other institutions. Right. <laughs> uh, how is your experience on this episode? Whenever I talk about this, I, uh, I, I get lost in my own talk because um, I'm quite passionate about it. So I just hope that it was clear, most of all, that the market is unregulated. You can't just trust blindly what happens. And um, that it's really up to people themselves to learn how to help. You heard her. We all have to unite together to save the animals, the children and all the countries. 
<laughs> and uh, I will say thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I hope that you also found uh, very beneficial this talk. And yeah. uh, I hope that, you know, you're going to start thinking more sustainable and more responsible. Thank you very much. And uh, I will say goodbye to you. Okay. Bye.